Someone else has already said it best. This is the best, the best of it. The best ones aren't as good as you probably think they are. What is best in life? I did the best I could. Doing my best. 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 of the best podcast with myself uh, alongside me as always Mr. Ronan Mullen MC to the to we, the max Mullen we haven't had a guest smiling as much <laughs> ever on yes, the show no, I'm excited <laughs> as fuck right now well the, the other voice we can hear then is the one and only Mr. Aaron McCann you're How's very welcome going, folks thank you for having me uh, Mr. McCann so you're bringing with you today and this will be no shock to anybody that's listening uh, wasn't a shock to us when we asked what it would be <laughs> it is Mr. Tyler the creator yes and my I would say favorite album by him as well. So it's favorite okay. album, favorite, favorite artist, artist? Okay. possibly favorite human being. Well, listen, whenever I, whenever I ever think about uh, hip hop's new up and coming uh, maestro, all I think about is a white man from the Cavern Road, Noma. <laughs> and naturally, <laughs> naturally, that's a natural response to it. Uh, yes, you were the man who, who first introduced me to. I think he introduced Tyrone <laughs> to Tyrone the Greater. Um, so, give us a background first of all of, of your first sort of encounter with him. Where did, where did you first hear of him? The first time I was ever exposed to anything Tyler the Creator, Odd Future, was weirdly enough uh, when Eminem played Tenants Vital. Mm -hmm. And do you remember he had the fucking... Were you at that gig? Tenons, I don't know if it was that. Was that the one in Banger? It was in Banger. Yes, I, I was at it, yeah, yeah. And he had the fucking weirdest support lineup for him. It was mm -hmm. like the Kaiser Chiefs, Jimmy or That's right, because it was T, like a Tenons thing. Yeah, yeah. An Odd Future. Right, okay. So... <coughs> There he is ringing too. Sorry, Tyler, I'm gonna hang up for every second. Sorry, can't say his name without any fucking credit. He's following you. But it was like Odd Future were doing support, and I remember we were so we got in first to the festival because a friend of mine's ma was actually doing a catering van at it. So getting up, oh VIP. You always say follow the money. I say follow the chips. In the back door with the chippy gravy stuff on. It's half nine in the morning, aren't you? Chuck P. Gravy stuff, and you heard me fucking say it. It's all about what you know. And, uh, we got in anyway, and we were front row. So tell me, you were you were going in there because you had already you knew who Odd Feature were? No, no? idea. Oh, you had I no was, idea? I was okay. just like, uh, you know, at, at this stage, wasn't really a crazy Eminem fan, but was uh -huh. like, you know, it's Eminem. You want to get to the gotta, front. You yeah. got to go. You yeah. got to okay. see it. My friend who was with me, Marcus, uh, was actually a crazy Eminem fan at the time. And we both got front row. And I was like, fuck, this is going to be mm -hmm. life-changing for him. And I remember um, Odd Future, like, we're doing support. And I think we just saw the Kaiser Chiefs. So the, okay. the switch up here is just so <laughs> dramatic. <laughs> and uh, I remember they came out and they were on bikes. 
and they were fucking like firing confetti cannons and like kicking basketballs and like <laughs> right. like throwing water about the place. And I was like, who the fuck are these guys? Mm-hmm. Like, and um, they they were just like so unbelievably brash. And the music itself was just it felt like a punk rock show. Right, but okay. they were hip hop artists. Okay, and were they? They were the first act on that. They were this. So it was Kaiser Chiefs. And I then, think, and then, them. Oh, then them. Oh, yeah. they had to follow the Kaiser Chiefs. Okay, That's so they, I mean. they did like a good enough a, crowd. But then it was such a weird shit. Yeah, though. I, have, I would have thought the other way around. So then, um, whenever, whenever they like went into their set list, I remember just kind of like. I remember Tyler himself was chatting about how shite the crowd was. <laughs> he was you, like, you were wondering, bang, you're not. He, he was like, I, I hate doing festivals because the crowd is always so weak. Yeah. So he went down to the front, jumped in, and I swear to God, did a, th- I think there's a video on YouTube of this somewhere of like, there's a part where he's literally moshing in the front, right. but me and Marcus are standing right there beside him <laughs> doing it as well. No way. In and the video? In the video. And you can be seen? And we get, it's like on the Titantron, uh-huh. so you can like see us very briefly. I'm wearing like a fucking, you know, like uh, when there was a stage where just fellas from Tyrone would go to Top Man and they would buy a t-shirt with a half-naked woman on it that yes. just said Japan on it. I'm wearing one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wearing one of those and Marcus is beside me. And we have no idea what's going on, but we just find it so funny that this guy and, and is... Tell us what age we is at this stage. Ah, oh, fuck. So this is 2011. Okay. So what age am I then? You're going to annoy us now about how young you were. You were young enough. <laughs> I was young enough. But like, just like, was so just dumbfounded by... I had just had no idea what the fuck was going on. And is this your first concert? This was my first like big festival type okay. kind of thing. So um, was that a one day job or was it? That was one day, day. yeah. That was one day. So that Um, was your introduction, and then uh, Tyler, the creator, obviously is a member or was a member of Odd Future. Mm -hmm. Um, Originator? I was going to say creator of. Some would say he was Odd Future. Yeah. In regards to the amount of work you put into it. Um, So tell us then, were you followed on after that? Did you ever get to see them again as Odd Future? Yes, which was one hundred percent the best show I've ever been to. It was they played the Olympia in Dublin. Oh, what a venue! And that, this was at like the peak of their like they just done Jimmy Fallon mm-hmm. and what had started off as like a internet like cult following was now starting to come into mainstream attention. In the mainstream, yeah, and people were just going like it was. It's it's I the hate closest. When that <laughs> I hate oh, when they start, I know. Yeah, whenever uh, your thing's like exposed, yeah. but like I I think that is the closest I'll ever come to like. You know, whenever you watch like documentaries of like fucking, and some people will hate this comparison, but you know, whenever you watch documentaries of say like like rock groups like Nirvana and stuff, where they mm. just had this cult following and people were fucking going nuts every show. Mm-hmm. Like when we got to the Olympia, all the fans were singing the lyrics the whole time, queuing. They were shouting like Wolfgang the whole time. They were someone had like a barbecue in the middle of it and stuff, and was like, <laughs> and I was just like, this is so fucking. This is the, what I've always thought of when it comes to like musicians that are having a serious impact, and like you can see it. Yeah, yeah, and because so, it's influencing the whole way through. Yeah, from and and the, the, I mean, obviously, it was a younger crowd would have been there or. Yeah, it was. Pr- you might have seen yeah. an old, a few old hip hop heads there, but ultimately they are reaching out to a new group. Yeah. Um. So then, take us to. I mean, you've, you. This is. Is this album number three? As four. As ty- four. As Tyler the Creator. Bastard, Goblin, Wolf, Cherry Bomb, Five. This five. Is album number okay. Five, yeah. Right. Okay. But they don't count. Bastard counted as a mixtape, isn't that right? Yeah, because that was his first like solo project. Yeah. And I, I do believe it was originally just released on like MySpace. Okay. That's where kind of. 
that's the issue for someone like him is that he essentially got famous off his rough drafts. Yeah. Uh, so like when people talk about how, you know, lyrics of, you know, blatant homophobia and then plot twist, he's gay. Uh, <laughs> and like, you know, fucking rape and all this. It's like at the, at the same time, you're like, that was a 17 year old child fucking around with his friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. And many other 17 year olds have said a lot worse. Um, oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, wow. Even in this room, when we're 17, you know, yeah. I mean, you can't judge a man on, on, on his teenage years, definitely nah. not. But that's why I think he's a good example of why I think, um, and it's such a talk-to-death topic at this stage, Like, but I don't think cancel culture at all works because it doesn't... It, le- it doesn't leave room for an individual to actually change or improve or any room for introspection at all. It's more a case of, like, you've done something wrong, therefore everything should be taken away from you. Yeah, it's and a weird... And he sort of bypassed it, weirdly. It is a weird thing because, I mean, the misogyny thing has been mentioned a lot of times, especially in his lyrics and stuff, but, <laughs> I mean, we, we this isn't the first hip-hop album we've covered on here, so no. we've had the Wu-Tang it and make, Doggy me, Style, for fuck's sake. There's yeah. nothing more misogynistic than Doggy Style. It didn't make it didn't make any sense to me when I first heard of him because when I first heard of him was Yonkers. Mm-hmm. And I heard it because of just the video. People were like, you got to watch this video. And I went, what's so impressive about this video? Mm-hmm. But the whole time I watched the video, I'm going, that's a mighty song. <laughs> but I was never like so deep into the content of it. I was just going, that's a mighty song. Mm. But and that's a joke of a song, yeah, apparently. That, that's what that's literally what I was just about to say is the hilarious thing about Yonkers is that's the thing that propelled him into like super, that's the song that changed his life. Mm-hmm. But he made that in eight minutes. And yeah. he, was, he was mimicking, <laughs> him and his mates were doing a piss take of like East Coast rap. Like they were like, let's make a beat that sounds like Yonkers in New York. Yeah. Made the beat that like kind of, you know, it's not exactly the most deep song. It's <laughs> no. a lot of shock value and it's, you know, so the, the fact that that's a song that got him to where he is today is just so funny to me. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it does annoy him. I'd say it does. It probably would. You know, if he is such a, an artistic creator, obviously he'll just be annoyed. But eight minutes thing he fired out well, was, was the one I thing he was very, famous. He was very happy uh, to be labeled like a provocateur. Early on, well, he's a provocateur because of the the, the punctuation alone. Yes, yes. that's out. now. I know, obviously, you've and got for factor. being called Ace first, yeah, and then going fuck Tyler the Creator. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big jump. So his real yes. name, what is his real name? Is it's a Tyler, Tyler Okumba. Uh, it's an African descent name, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, Nigerian, kept, Nigerian. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, <clears throat> it's a very it's a chance the rapper. All this, yeah. th- th- that sort of new generation we're putting. The third third word into the name. Yeah, but that's that's him. That's all him, though. Yeah, I'm not, I'm yeah. not overstepping saying that. I think it's it, it all stems from him changing his name to that, and then everything else that followed. Nothing feel felt like it felt before him. Yes, it all felt different. Yeah, but he never got the credit for it. No, no, hundred percent. Like even rappers now, it's like everyone has merch. Everyone does pop-up shops. Yep. And I didn't see anyone doing that to that level before him. Mm. No. He does, he, he's really hands-on with the merch. Really hands-on. Like, he's so... He, he's, like, detail-obsessed. So, like, he'll go into great detail about... He has, like, 17 drafts of everything he makes. Right. And he, like, okay. has this decision anxiety about which one to go with. So he's asking, like, 20 of his friends which one to go for. Yeah. Which my I solution to that, <laughs> my solution to that would be... Do two. <laughs> if you've got decision anxiety, don't make seventeen of them. Do less. Uh, right. So on back to the to uh, the album. Then so we've got up here. Uh, it kicks off with uh, 
forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've decided this, we want to we want to play a, a bit of this. So you've given us the, the cutoff point uh, or the the playing point. So tell us, explain to us the background to this then. Well, like so, what I love about this album is. The album that he released before this, Cherry Bomb. Yes, I, I did enjoy that, yes. Very, very polarizing project. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point where he thought he was fucked. Okay. Like, now, I wanted to hear, I wanted to ask, I was going to ask it later on, but we might as well talk about it now. Uh-huh. Did you feel that way about Cherry Bomb? I adored Cherry Bomb. Because I thought it was amazing. I but liked it too, I, yeah. I feel like the difficulty is, is that it's not digestible. Like, yeah. it starts off and it's like, that rock track, like uh, Def, Def Race, or Def Camp, sorry. And it starts off, and it's very fucking hectic, and, you know, it's like schizophrenic almost. Then it goes into Buffalo, very synthy and kind of all over the place. Then it comes into um, uh, Find Your Wings, which is a nice, like, jazz yeah. track. Like, it's all over it's the all place. Over, yeah, genre-wise, so there's no cohesiveness things, to yeah, it. Yeah. You know? But to me, when I listened to it, because I was fresh to it, and I didn't, like... Because I'd heard what Yonkers was two thousand nine or something, uh-huh. and then the first album two thousand eleven, second two thousand, and it jumps like that. Two thousand fifteen was Cherry Bomb. Yeah, and by the time I got back around it, Cherry Bomb was the new one. So I'll, I'll I'll dig into this. Yeah, but I was basing it off my knowledge of just Yonkers. Mm-hmm. So I thought that's what these albums sounded like. Fresh, I thought it okay. was like because I read a review where a guy wrote. The the reason for this album is the internet generation and ADD medication. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that's what all these albums sounded like, but yeah. I was going, "This is alright." Yeah, it I'm does jump a lot, and so as a as a as a, I can see why you didn't select it as the the one complete item. Yeah, because it is so sort of ADD. Maybe is a bit way to describe it, but but I'm so glad the reaction to it went yes. the way it did because if it didn't, we wouldn't have got this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Flower Boy feels like to me, it's when someone who. Like, if you look at his, even the first tape, if you look at Bastard, you can see elements of what he perfects here, yeah. like being tried out, but he doesn't have either the lyrical ability, lyrical ability, the technical abilities in terms of his software and stuff like that, or just the musical knowledge. Mm-hmm. But by Flower Boy, he's been working on the craft now for a couple of years. Well, here is, uh, here's the sort of, from the opening track, this is uh, Forward, featuring uh, Rex Orange County. Mm-hmm. Um, He's an English fellow, isn't he? He is, yeah. Uh, can, is it? Or Chan? Can? Featuring Can? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's very, very start, yeah. Okay. How many raps can I write till I get me a chain? How many chains can I wear till I'm considered a slave? How many slaves can it be till Nat Turner will rise? How many rides can it be until in Black Lives Matter when niggas get clack splatter? That nigga. Life a game of basketball, you better shoot that nigga. Cause if that cop got tricky, he better pull. Cause when I get pulled over, I usually play cool. I know what I'm driving is usually paid in full And my ego and possessions will not let me be one Because I got a mansion My mansion got some rooms And rooms got some windows And my windows got some views And views get some stairs And my backyard does too And if you walk to the bottom You'll probably see a pool You better not drown Keep them ten toes up Because if them ten toes down I mean that you fucked up And that's what I swim in <laughs> For fuck's sake! And uh, every uh, every review I read of this was them saying he's not really bringing much flow to this oh, one. You're man, like, Jesus. no, 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 yeah. no, no. That's no. one thing you can't. Uh, but that ever again, deny. that's people basing their review on their opinion of Cherry Bomb and yeah. not listening to this one on its yeah, own, totally forgetting agree. about everything else. And that's where it's weird. There's two mighty reviews I wrote down. This one's from Rolling Stone. Pretty much sums up what we've been saying, but. Previously, it felt like as though these two sides have been difficult to reconcile on record. Their abrasive would also be at odds with the Tranquil, particularly mm-hmm. on the last album, Cherry Bomb. On Flower Boy, though, Tyler has perfected the marriage of both. 
So that's yeah. That's what we're aiming for here. And it's back to what you're saying that the, the evolution of him. Just I suppose like any of us, the more, you do, the more you do something, yeah, you get better at it. Yeah, yeah. Like he's a child yeah. when he gets brought into the limelight. So yeah. of course now his work is more introspective and you know like because uh, he's mature on himself. So yeah. the music goes along with him. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that first track to me, like forward itself. You know, even the name of it is like the foreword of a novel. It's like this is kind of the themes that are going to be explored in the album. Mm. He he talks like at the very start of the album, uh, he talks about where he's like he's essentially it, it's almost like someone staring into an abyss where mm -hmm. he's like asking all these really introspective, deep questions about himself, his career that like maybe a lot of artists don't think about because they're enjoying their success or they're going from external event to external event. Yeah, you're event. not getting the bling bling from yeah. Tyler Creator. You're not getting that lavish lifestyle being talked about. As you say, there's more internal stuff that, one, that he covers and more themes that are kind of like, well, obviously you hear the, the, the Black Lives Matter stuff there. But there's he a lot tried of that. Social things. He tried that on Cherry Bomb. Mm -hmm. There are some things where he mentions he's, his wealth now and stuff like that yeah. in Cherry Bomb. Yeah. And he gets fucking slagged for it. Yeah. But that's the thing is like he's in Cherry Bomb he talked about the supercars and the chains and stuff like that. And I feel like it almost made him go, Why did people not react to this in a certain way? And I think one of the things is because we want people who are musicians or artists in general to be if they're at a similar place to we are in life. Mm. So like a lot of his fan base was depressed, angsty teenagers. Mm -hmm. Then when he's no longer that and has a success, they can't relate to that current state that he's in. Yeah. So it makes them push away the music. But that's when you yeah. rely on talent then. Yeah. Talent sees you through that because, I mean, if, if, if an album's well produced and, and you're able to rap like that, you're going to get the people back again. It's not going to be, or you're going to lose the ones that you probably want to lose in the first place. Yeah. And the same with comedy we talked about before. I mean, there's some people you're like, I can do with losing you out of my yeah. audience. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you talk about that? <laughs> well, there's a few people we could do that. Fucking content. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then, yes, we're, we go on. I mean, the album has how many tracks in total? Uh, 14. 14. 14. Um, we, you, have, you have given us a clip here from uh, an interview with uh, Jared Carmichael. Um, um, where Tyler is, uh, I suppose, uh, he's explaining this album, is he? He's explaining that, like, Jared Carmichael sits down with him, and the first thing he asks is, like, after listening to this project, he's like, I would describe it as beautiful, but also gut wrenching. And he's like, My first question is, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll listen to it here. We see. Dark, it's really it's like, dark, but that's that was the end question. Like, damn, what if he's just, what if I died? What happened? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it was, and it just to set the tone of like, that's where I'm at. Yeah, is it? And it's not depressed. Like I'm not depressed at all. And a lot of people mix up uh, depression with self awareness. Yeah. And like, like someone's like, dude, this album depressed. I'm like, no, I never said I was depressed. I'm lonely, but I'm having the most fun of my goddamn life. Yeah. And but that song kind of sets like that tone. But if you're okay, I mean, if you're not if. If you're considering death, right, but it's not from a depressed, like, sad state, is it from a place of, like, all right, I got something to prove? Because it almost seems like you had, like, a thing to prove with this with this album. Like, just, I don't know, to yourself or, well, like... you always... A lot of people do stuff <clears throat> for the conversation of when they're dead. Mm -hmm. Like, hopefully when I die, people could say, oh, he, this, this, and this, good stuff. I, I leave a good discography behind, but... 
Yeah, I like to I, start from, with every project. I like to start from death and work back. Exactly. <laughs> it's like we're all gonna die someday. Yeah, but and I just want to day one. I just, I just knew if this album wasn't good, I would be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. yeah. I mean, the pressure was on him, obviously, after the response from Cherry Bomb. But Absolutely. I think he, he, he came with uh, uh, full aplomb. Um, the, the, the product, the end product was unreal. But I, I resonate with that so much, like where he talks about there's a difference between depression and self-awareness. Absolutely. Because yeah. I think about death all the time. Yeah. yeah. Or like I'm a, I get very philosophical. Like whenever I was younger, I would stare at my hands to the point where I would get freaked out. <laughs> like, I'd just be looking at them and be like, what the fuck is this? Who like, owns, owns them, yeah. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think actually um, thinking about death in general can, like, calibrate your decisions and it can kind of shake you into the present moment and maximize the opportunities you have while you're still here. Absolutely. I, I, I would be the same. Um, and that's down to you then have a better appreciation. Absolutely. The more you sort of are aware of your limitations, the more you're going, well, fuck, I'm going to enjoy this. Yeah. Because it's not a fear. Yeah. It's not a fear. You're it's a, it's it, a, but it's not a depression. No, you know, in sense. you're aware that there is a limit. Yeah. So do it whatever you can. I mean, here's, here, this is a good thing with Tyler, the creator. No other rapper I know of would three people be sitting around having a mental health discussion. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, I just say it's always the bling and it's always the sort of the, the lavishness of, of the lifestyles. Um, but it doesn't, it hits so many uh, proper. Challenge and themes that most other rappers, let's be honest, they just avoid them. Yeah. Um, and I mean, has, has that been, I didn't know much of his earlier career with Odd Feature. Has that been a, a common theme coming through or is that something he just matured into? I think overall his work before was pretty informal. Like, as you say, provocateur. Mm-hmm. And he like kind of leaned into that. You know, we but he knew what he was doing yeah. kind of with the the fact that everyone was getting like their controversy really helped them in their early stages. Mm-hmm. Like it really cemented them as like this like cool group to follow. And this is the getting banned from certain countries, etc. Yeah, right. Okay, like getting banned from the UK and Australia for lyrics from two thousand. I think it was actually two thousand eleven. Yeah, from the record. Goblin. But the banning was two thousand fifteen. Yeah. And he says in an interview, we'd already passed all that. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't I was doing that stuff live anymore, so they were banning me for the potential that I might perform something I don't perform yeah, anymore. They were yeah, they and were And they'd already played in them countries during, during the, time. the release of the album. Yeah. So that's, that's the problem with cancel culture. They need to be on the ball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't let it go past. <laughs> but then again, the beauty, of the, the beauty of the plot twist there is the fact that on this album, he essentially like comes out. Mm-hmm. And you know he's well. We'll come to that because I, I want to talk to you. Uh, okay. I want to take you to the garden shed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> but um, so we we have next up the track you've selected here. So I ain't got time. Yes, this is tell fantastic. us about the selection. So this is uh, one minute thirty six, and you've decided. So a lot of a lot of his a lot of his songs. I've only realized from interviews after the album's done and made. A lot of his best tracks he's had so far in mm-hmm. terms of like his best selling records like Earthquake um, and like, like like Earthquake was originally meant for someone else. I can't remember now off the top of my head who it was for. But this here instrumental was originally meant for Kanye. Okay. Kanye didn't want it. He then offered it to Nicki Minaj. She also didn't take it. And then it just kind of sat there and he was like, well, fuck it. I'll just use it myself. As you do. Yeah. <laughs> but again... Six years ago, suck hey. selling figure conversations with Converse 
find a lot, cause that fucked up. I'ma read comments, you gon' leak comments. Saying what I should've did, but you ain't did nada. You ain't important, I'ma keep sporting. All smiles over here, shout out to the gods. And I just handle all my business like a chessboard. And at the rock, boys. That's my motherfucking set, boy. Love it. He said that he gave it to Nicki Minaj. She couldn't write any lyrics for it. <laughs> right. And he sent it to her again. And he was just pushing because he was like, it's not my, I don't want it anymore. It's, yeah. I'll write it for you, but I don't want it anymore. And she came back again saying, no, nah, I can't do anything with it. Yeah. Go to the start of that song. Uh-huh. Been the man with a pickle plan. God, I love this This is what he sent her. You hear that sample? I ain't got time. So just imagine that without him singing it. Yeah. Right? Any MC worth their salt that can't rap over that is a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> first, first and foremost. But secondly, he then said, just in like an evening or something, he went, oh, fuck it, I'll just rap over it. Yeah. And he had the whole song. He had the whole song ready anyway. Yeah. He just rapped over it. And he and just put, put a few bars in it and the way it went. Yeah. And that's a fucking incredible song. But that sample at the start, even from back then, I was going, I know that sample. I know that sample from somewhere. Play it, start again. You'll get ahead. it. Right. Uh, no, I've lost it now. Uh, so the start of that sample is a sample from a song from the 60s and it's like a belly dancing song mm-hmm. right it's like played at the start of a belly dancing Eat song um, fucking we got some new music only here on golf radio god I love this shit you hear like a voice a woman's voice Right. It sounds like a TV theme tune. <laughs> Delight, Groove is in the Heart. Get out. Remember Groove is in the Heart? Groove is in the, the Heart. Pretty the Q-tip and yeah. all. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same sample. No, it's not. It fucking is. Mm-hmm. Belazar or something they're called. Uh, the song is called very, Introduction. Very start. What I'll be goddamn. Well, I'm going to have to hear this now. We're playing advert. Ah, that's that's exactly what it did there, because you know, rightly, uh, between Tyler ringing me and... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't... (laughs) Sweet Lord. I love that tune. I know, it's a mighty tune. Mighty tune. That is menting. Put the call. Dude. I was not expecting you to bring that up either. I was so excited when he brought that up. <laughs> I, it's the first time I heard that album. I kicked in. I think it's like at a portion of the album where two or three songs sort of mesh into each other, but yeah. then this thing kicks in its own. And I went, yeah. Bootsy, come <laughs> Bootsy, is that you, Bootsy? Uh, right, so then we, um, we're, go- we're going through the album right here. So when the November was the next track you sort of highlighted? Yeah, November is like that... This one is a, is a tough one for me at times because right. November thematically deals with like, it's essentially him talking about like everyone has a time, place, person in their life that like you think back to and there's like really happy memories there, mm-hmm. but it cannot be recreated. Yeah. It, right, can't, okay, it yeah. can't be no. redone. It's it's in the past and that, and for the first half of this song, 
there's like this real defeatist like kind of sound of that of being like fuck i can't go back to like before i got famous or yeah. when i was making things for the fun of it and stuff like that i think i know what part i selected for this but play it just real quick so this is people talking about their own personal november and then there's this crash and you just hear him like screaming out like take me back essentially it's unbelievable but then at the very end there's this like wee hint of like uh, optimism which carries in the rest of the album which i love love it shift there yeah of being like you know yes there is these times that you can't recreate in your life but there's plenty more of them ahead mm -hmm. i love that shit mm -hmm. and because he is i mean he's, he's very philosophical a lot of stuff he does i yeah. mean as you see you call it a sort of introspection but uh, he really does dig deep doesn't he he does and and i mean uh, is that a is that a it doesn't make him mainstream then doesn't he i mean it, it's harder to reach him then it definitely but is. But is that a good thing, I think, so. But then this is his most commercially, well, actually, no, Igor would be. I was, but it's, Well, up until this point, this yeah. would have been his most commercially successful album. Yeah, but it got all the critical acclaim as well, which is, you know, yeah. massive to him, I suppose. As a, as first Grammy nomination? This was the first Grammy nomination. And Second was a win? With Igor, yeah. Second was a win. Yeah, and then the Brit Award as well. Yeah. Which, yeah, as well. Um, so I mean, yeah, the, the the themes that he covers in this, I mean, he he covers some hard hitting stuff, yeah, you know, um, and but yet and all, the production behind it is massive. Oh yeah, it's I all mean, him. It does, it's that's all him. Really, really, that's where he really shines. It's unreal yeah. the the layers on it, and uh, yeah. and then obviously the samples and stuff. But I mean, the beats sometimes are fucking bouncing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and has he done all his stuff on all his albums? I, to my knowledge. And I could be pointing out wrong here, but I'm pretty sure everything, uh, definitely 100% in the projects before this mm -hmm. and on this, I'm nearly certain everything was executive produced by him or at least like the other percent that it wasn't isn't worth talking much about. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, we're <laughs> on to uh, Enjoy Right Now today. Mm -hmm. It's the closer of the album. Um, and uh, why? What are we highlighting this? I mean, you wanted to, you were talking about it being a, a, an instrumental. Well, this was, this was just sort of me picking out, like, my own kind of favourite, like, tracks and moments. But, like, there's so many things that happen in between these. So, like, between November and this track, mm -hmm. um, you have Glitter, which is just, like, this sounds like it was made for, like, a Disney production type love song. Um, and you'd be nearly right there because yeah. it was written for Justin Bieber? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Again, yeah. yeah, it was. That that song was made, he made that for mm -hmm. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber turned down 
And then he was just like, well, fuck, I'll just use yeah, it then. Same thing. Imagine just having but that particle. Ah, okay, I'll use know, it myself. So. It. This is the problem I have with these turndowns. <laughs> because this is, if this was Cherry Bomb, yeah. they wouldn't turn anything down. Yeah. But they're now under the impression that he's fucked. Yeah. Because yeah, he keeps saying yeah. he's fucked. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, I'm not touching that until he's successful again. And then everybody will take everything he has. But now he's giving away nothing to nobody. Unless yeah. he's on the track. Yeah. So what he's essentially done here is through his own self-doubt, created a masterpiece. And I, I think it is a masterpiece, this album. Yeah. Igor is another masterpiece, which mm-hmm. we'll do another day. But this album now proves to everybody that he, not only does he know how to do all the production, the mixing, the editing, write every song, and then throw in samples that nobody ever fucking used. Yeah. But then it's the least sampled hip-hop album Every time we do hip hop, I go straight to who sampled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every time, because it's great at showing you the time and minute that the sample's used, how it's used, what it's used for. This one is barely touchable. Like, mm. there's no, like we said, there's more of his songs sampled by other people mm-hmm. than there are samples in this album. Which yeah. is massive for hip hop. Massive. A lot of samples usually used. Um, right. So we'll, we'll play this track. This is the instrumental. And so you, 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 I mean, again, back to the beat. It's, Immaculate, like I mean, it's yeah. He made it. He made this in five minutes. He, he <laughs> it's was just going, so depressing to hear that. He, he was going to. Uh, he was going to a trampoline park, of course and he yeah. was like, "Let me, let me create what that sounds like in audio form." And I think he nailed it. <laughs> my head I have a We Are Vertigo <laughs> fucking advert running in the background exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just it's, it's mad whenever you hear that think of trampoline and that's all you can think of <laughs> it, it is like it's inner child music you know Yeah, it, it is very much like but great quality oh wow. yeah, and uh, it combats the earlier theme of the album too of like you know um, the, the time travel you can do sometimes in your mind of like staying in the past too long or something like that yeah. this is like a triumphant like this feels like someone who's just sort of realised um, like that you're not going to get the only thing that really matters is the present moment you're in mm-hmm. yeah right. oh, very fucking very I deep love it. but Dr. Phil on me there <laughs> <laughs> we uh, are vertigo Dr. Phil we're fucking throwing them out boy. all boxes <laughs> Uh, so yes, I mean the album. Then I mean, as you say, went on to critical um, and but also commercial uh, success. Uh, a tour? Did a tour come out after this? I so this album came out um, twenty seventeen, and at the end of that year, I moved to LA, mm-hmm. and he was touring that album that year, and I saw it four times. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> All within California or all, all within California. It was Sacramento. There was two shows, like his own like pop up shows in mm-hmm. LA and then Camp Flogna, his own music festival. Mighty. Okay. In the one year. Four times in the one year. Four times. <laughs> but like even like the thought he puts into live shows is incredible as well. Like if you look up like twenty like there's like twenty eighteen Camp Flogna and he's headlining his own music festival with this album and the whole thing is like the stage production 
is what do you think the album looks like? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, right. And it's it's I think it's incredible. And he does all that as well. Stage he does stuff, all that stage, stuff. which is massive. Like to yeah. be involved in that level. Here's um, here's some stuff that is really going to depress you. So when he heard the first Black Eyed Peas album, yeah, which isn't the Black Eyed Peas we know now. It's when they were an actual rap group, mm-hmm. and they weren't fucking let's get retarded and all that stuff. You did research. I did research. <laughs> It's called Behind the Front. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Is Auntie give it to him, right? Yeah. So he started to realize that within these albums, you could have like a jazzier concept album with heavier sounds and sort of lighter flowing melodies. And then you could rap over it. Yeah. No. He was seven. <laughs> <laughs> By 11, mm-hmm. he was making his own music. No way, was he? The depth bet- between him being seven and him hearing Pharrell, Neptune's N.E.R.D. for the first time, mm-hmm. and then Pharrell being on one of his albums is like six years or something. Yeah. Wow. That is mental right enough. You yeah. think of that. So they say that the whole rambunctious, you know, over-the-top misogyny, blah, 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 element was necessary for him to literally cut through all the other shite. Yeah, and get to, a to place. stand out, yeah, maybe. Yeah, so yeah. that place then became mocked because mm-hmm. he was dis- dismissed sort of by the hip-hop community who spent 20 grand a day in a fucking studio because <laughs> he was doing it on his own. Mm-hmm. And he brought his friends in, like Frank Ocean, et cetera, et cetera. When he, because he was doing that, people were going, can't be good. It just can't be good. So when it ended up being good, then they stole his mold yeah. and used it. And to this day, he's not really considered part of the hip-hop community. No. Which is so Just fucking mental. Yeah, crazy. So see if you type in um, top 100 hip-hop albums of the 20th century, top 100 hip-hop albums of the last 21 years, his aren't on it. But that's what but, I... But if you type in top 100 albums, he's in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, okay. So what, is that? Is that a shun from the hip-hop community or... I don't... But I, I don't, don't get even, it. I don't think... I don't think he, he would want to be considered as even a hip-hop artist. Like, I think he just considers himself... There's that famous um, speech that he does after he wins his Grammy, which he literally talked about in his first mixtape, Bastard. He's like, my only goal in life is a Grammy. Mm-hmm. Um, and after winning it, talked about how the Grammys kind of operate with their... Like the the he's like you know the saying urban category he's like mm-hmm. that's just a PC way to say the N word yeah yeah you know yeah um he's like why can't I just be in the lane he's like why is I'm grateful for the fact that I fucking achieved this lifelong dream like why can I not just be put into the like best, best album, album category yeah exactly and I, 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 weird how they decide those <laughs> things uh the same thing would you believe happened to you too back in the nineties they won best hip hop album. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> they won Best Alternative Album. What? Exactly. In the 90s? In the 90s, 90s. Well, the Alternative was actually at its fucking peak. At its peak, they won Best Alternative Album for Zeropa, which I was like, what? You do Alternative? There's nobody more mainstream That's... that you get. So they are. Do you know the other controversy of that, which I can imagine the other nominees of the Alternative Album, was Jethro Tull beat Metallica in the Best Metal Album. Get the fuck. Jethro Tull. <laughs> oh, for the Black Album. For the, for the black fucking album? black album, 1982. Holy, they are. So there's been a lot of mistakes with the Grammys. So I don't know if the Grammys like had like Nirvana <laughs> and the Smashing Pumpkins and Sarah Garden. They're all like, one of us is definitely one of those. You two aren't <laughs> yeah, fucking. Yeah. You two fucking. <laughs> I must go back and look and see who the nominees <laughs> were. Actually, 1983. Uh, yeah. So I mean, then we got. I mean, uh, you you sort of briefly touched on it earlier on uh, in regards to Tyler. Then 
Did he officially come out? I mean, it's uh, you sort of have to read into it a bit. What's so funny about him is that he had in his early days such a troll personality type. Uh-huh. So, like, he would tweet things. He was just insane on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Like, he... I remember, like, in the peak God Future days, like, he'd be, like, at and Selena Gomez being like, I want to fuck you in your face. And, like, he's at the stage where, in his career, where people are going to see that. <laughs> like, MTV News are covered it being like, this guy is insane. You so, wonder if those people... Do you think, like, they ever... Does Tyler, the creator, or anybody else go... Fuck, I'm famous now. I maybe should go back to some of them old tweets and delete them. <laughs> but they're they're forever. They're like, ever out there, neither. Yeah, like yeah. like even there. Um, like he he tweeted one, and this was the first like, I guess sort of uh, you know allusion to the fact that he was uh, gay or bi was he tweeted being like, ha ha ha, I'm such a dweeb. I tried to come out of the closet four days ago and nobody gave a fuck. Yeah, see, I did see that tweet actually. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, uh, Garden Shed is one of the ones that When I mentioned about taking you to the Garden Shed Is a track on this album where There is a verse on it where he, he More or less says that he uh, He's written for the Garçons I do believe uh, yeah. The boys um, But again he doesn't Do you know what, what actually happened um, uh, after that He became the Morrissey of hip hop And I think it, he, he was well, like uh, Pre like 2008 Oh yeah Mar- Not pre, new pre, Morrissey, not new Morrissey no. uh, To the point that he almost trolled like he 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 realized that the 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 journalists and all the rest were really focused on it, mm-hmm. and because he didn't give a fuck about it, mm-hmm. he just played the game of both. Yeah, and then purposely wrote lyrics to suggest either or, yeah. but never actually saying. So he became almost known as asexual. And yeah. I think Tyler the Creator's done the same thing where he's just played about so much. He's never actually said yeah or nay. Yeah, if you notice, like after and it the album doesn't came matter out, to he him. didn't do any press. He yeah. didn't do any interviews because he knew that that would be the talking the top point question, for the yeah. interview. He just did one. It was like literally just an interview with his friend Gerard Carmichael, who's one of my favorite comedians, and um, they they talked about it in length. But he knew there'd be no danger there. Yeah. You know, he knew that it would just be a talk with a friend and it would be presented whatever way he liked. Whereas sometimes you get like, you'll watch these, you'll watch these interviews on like Hot 97 or any of these hip hop stations. And because the radio presenter is such a big personality, mm. they can try to, sometimes they go out of their way to be yeah. little artists so that they have their own like viral clip for Instagram. Yeah. Whereas I don't think he he knows very much about that and like wouldn't fall for that. Yeah, it doesn't go on. Yeah, and he wouldn't get caught. Yeah, he'd be too smart for it. No, he, he, he's as cute as a button too. Mm. Because the first time <laughs> I ever, <laughs> first time I ever fucking came across him, his name mm-hmm. was remember Nardwar. Uh huh. So you know Nardwar on YouTube? No. Nardwar is the boy like the man in the street interviews. Oh yes, okay. But yeah. he does it with with musicians yeah. exclusively. And musicians love it because he's so nerdy mm-hmm. and he knows so much yeah. shit about them that nobody else knows. That's right. They always go, "How do you know?" Uh, that? And he'd bring like vinyl and stuff. Yeah. But he did. He's done three with Tyler. Right. And the first one he did, Tyler Crater. Actually, I've seen one of them and I thought of you. Yeah. McCann, was, I thought McCann would be in that shit. He didn't know stuff like the rest of them. And he's so either Tyler's so fucking hungover or he's just wrecked tired because he's trying his best to sort of keep awake, but he's he's. He's articulate and he's he's interviewing. He's playing the game well. Some people don't take Nardwar well at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't get what he's Nas infamously like f- fucked all the stuff he gave him at him and like walked out <laughs> yeah. and all this shit. But Tyler, I was going. This guy's an approachable guy. Like I was, yeah. he was likable from Very the minute I saw guy. him. Yeah. So then the other interviews he's done with them are really funny too. But that was the first time I had ever seen the guy. So I was going. He doesn't talk like a rapper. He just talks. Like a fucking skater guy from fucking California, and he doesn't 
And then I started reading about him. And he was like a skater guy. He's, yeah, he's a big skateboarder, isn't he? Like, yeah, he's and like, a, he's and like a BMX collector or something. He, the reason that the whole Pharrell thing is so big to him is because Pharrell had guys skateboarding and BMX biking in the videos and wearing clothes that didn't match. And it, yeah. he went, that's me. Yeah. How the fuck <laughs> has he got me in the video? And I, what? Yeah. But that's the sort of, there's also a TV show called King of the Road that mm-hmm. the skateboard company do. And there was one of their, it's like a, I don't know what you get fucking t- people have to go to different cities and do different t- tasks and earn mm-hmm. points for the individual skateboard companies team. And one of them was get a celebrity in your van and it can either be it was like Richard Simmons, the fucking health guy, <laughs> yeah. Glenn Danzig, the metal singer, mm-hmm. or Tyler the Creator. And they fucking get Tyler the Creator and he turns <laughs> up and he's like, Give me a dollar and it doesn't feel like I'm being a dick. And they give him a dollar and he sits in the van and goes, Is that it? And they're like, Yeah, and he just gets back in his car and away he goes. Mighty. So buddy. I instantly liked the guy, like, and I hadn't heard a fucking note. Um, maybe it's because it was a van full of boys. You don't know. <laughs> you just don't know. You we, didn't. You you jumped. You didn't go to that. He loved skateboards. You went straight to he loved balls. <laughs> well, it's it's whenever you rhyme garden with garden. Uh, that's when you know you've got a genius in your hands. And uh, th- this verse, this is a verse I'm talking about. This is one where and does he say phrase or does he say Frank? When he says about just like the phrase, or I th- I thought it was going to be like Frank poof and then it's gone, or is it? I thought it was going to be the f- like the phrase. I always thought it was phrase. So I think I think it's phase. Right. As okay. in he thought he he was like he's talking about like experiencing these initial feelings as like a teenager, yeah. and then thinking fuck this will hopefully be gone. But he brings in Frank. Uh, alluding to Frank Ocean. Yeah, that's. I mean, I thought friend. that's what it was about because he had come out, hadn't he? Yeah, he had came yeah. out like literally a year or two before. But it's hard to tell if you listen to it. We'll play the clip. Yeah. I mean, you can hear the the line. Um, hey yo. Got a shit, got a shit, got a shit for the Gaudian. That is why I was IDing. That was real love I was in. Ain't no reason to pretend. Got a shit, got a shit, got a shit, got a shit for the Gaussons. The feelings that I was Gaudian. Heavy on my mind. All my friends' mouths. They couldn't read the signs. I didn't want to talk. I tell them my location and I ain't want to walk. Truth this since you kid. Thought it was a face. Thought it'd be like the freight proof. Gone, but it's still going on. It's so hard to tell on that because even this video has the, 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 the lyrics playing with it. And that's telling me something different than I looked at everywhere else. So. It's hard to know if that's what he's saying, but ultimately, if you think of the lines he's talking about there, he was in a he was in a place, but he couldn't talk to his friends. He couldn't tell him where he was at. There's definitely hints towards being, you know, that he was wanting to come out. I've just got verified from Genius here. It's actually both. What? It's both I, because he says, he says phrase then phase. He says truth is, since a youth kid thought it was a phase, thought it'd be like the phrase poof gone. No, see but the it's word still going on. See the word phrase. Uh-huh. I thought that's where he said Frank. Oh no, he says yeah. Frank got a. Hang on, phrase, to be like the phrase. Give us a wee, give us a wee couple of bars there. <laughs> Don't like a phrase, phrase. I thought he said Frank in there too. There you go. Oh, so uh, they see there you are. So uh, we don't know, but that I mean, and kind of like what you're saying about the troll-like nature of him, it, it may have been something just for the you know for the crack to lead yeah. people down to the garden shed, uh, to the garden shed. I should say. <laughs> <laughs> see the. Uh, if you can get who that boy, right? The story that he tells in that documentary, but but who that boy? Yeah, about where this the intro came from. Yeah, I was that fucking like, that like painting that picture. The picture, like it's this famous. Is that the one featuring a dollar app Rocky? Yep, <laughs> <laughs> a dollar AP Rocky, a dollar app. <laughs> I've never. Oh my god. <laughs> 
it takes a few minutes to build up. So, so this wh- is what he's saying in the documentary, right? Is he was looking at this picture, right? It's a picture of like a, a Slavic like seaside, and it looks shit, looks freezing, it looks horrible. But these people are all in bathing suits, bikinis, and there's one woman looking directly over the top of the camera, and he kept going, "What's behind that camera?" And it's a world famous, like it's won loads of awards for this guy called Jonas Bendixson. And he goes, imagine there was a monster on the other side of that camera. What would the music be like building up to the camera? And this is the music building up to no the camera. No way. Yeah. That narration over at work too. Did you like Yo, who that boy, who him is, him that nigga, I swear, stand out guy, him don't need no chair, well what the fuck him at, cause nigga I'm right here, I don't shop at the mall, all y'all just, that motherfucker, I'm a that's my favorite straight song on album, yeah. like that's the, I need to get one of these out of the way, yeah. in the middle of this sort of melody fucking fast of chords and pianos, and this just goes fuck everything, yeah. There is that vibe of the modern sort of hip hop album where in, in the past it would have been like if you think of Doggy Style, if you think of even The Chronic or even 2001, there would have been interludes, mm-hmm. dialogue and wee skits almost. And they're, they're gone now with somebody fucking about in the piano or somebody messing about. You know, the, the, those fillers are no longer audio well, clips or I know audio, what you mean, normally. But I thought that was going to happen in this with the radio guy. Yeah, it, I well, thought that was going to be a sort of. I thought that was going to be the flavor of the sort of theme of the album, but it's not. This this isn't like verified, but like the album itself to me, what I took from it is the whole thing. Even there, if you look at the cover, like the whole thing is a is a car journey. Mm-hmm. So like from the very start, he he does like like where this flower blooms. It's all talking about like the kind of like supercars and fucking chains and all this here, and he's in a car and he's sort of by himself. And that's what's causing the sort of introspection is like mm-hmm. just driving by yourself, no one there. And then as he keeps going through, like songs like Pothole, which is like advice from his mother talking about, like you need to watch out the company you keep because they're going to dictate the life that you lead at the end of the day. There's a little mini skit in there mm-hmm. where like before he, before that song starts, he goes like, fuck shit. As oh, if yeah, they yeah, hit yeah, a pothole. Right, yeah. yeah. And then there's like, there, that's like scattered throughout the album. Mm-hmm. So at the very end too, there's like, you know, him... Him like about to crash the car, pulls over, phones up this person that he's like in love with to leave them a voicemail. Like it's all kind of the That's what I'm saying, but I mean even the interludes are are, are nuances to the story and to the theme. Yes. You know, yeah. it's not just no, filling no, this no. gap in with some comedy or no, film. No, 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 well in, like, It's all meticulous. And it's almost a concept album, which yeah. we've talked about before. Like it's it's almost like a, 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 a Running theme the whole way through it, that yeah. from start to finish. I love concept albums. So yeah, and that's I mean, yeah. Here's I was listening to this podcast, which is a dissection of every song right, okay. on this album. Uh-huh. And at the start, the guy describes it like a car journey. Okay. So he goes into a wee bit more detail, but he says it's like a cinematic coming of age story set in a car ride at sunset. The listener is riding shotgun as Tyler drives through the metaphoric roads of his own psyche and a recalibration of his internal GPS. <laughs> this journey comes complete with wrong turns, potholes and red lights as he questions success motive, sexuality, and his place in the world. The 14 tracks are the most cohesive, expressive, and successful to date. The album is nearly shattered from its internal beauty when we realized that it was originally slated to be titled 
scumfuck flower boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you told me when I first was mooted it as an idea. Which is perfect. Which I thought, fuck Perfect hell. name. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just... Because there is element of, like, th- there is element of, like, scumfuck and flower boy in it. And that, like, scumfuck to me is the real, like, abrasive, braggadocious rap that's in there with I Ain't Got Time and Who That mm-hmm. Boy. Yeah. And then the rest of it is sort of, like, these, like, you know... Which his original fan base, I don't think, would have took to at, at like if he did it as soon as this yeah. in terms of like the synths and the pianos and the yeah. jazz. It's like and before weed and after weed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. I don't know what you're referring to. No, I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so listen, Mr. McCann, thank you very much for coming along uh, to Best of the Best. We 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 want to finish off. Obviously, uh, I I want to play this because. Um, just because of the the relationship that we have here, and you know, you know the crack. So I have a wee clip here. Uh. Of, um, Do we have to tell a story? We have to tell a story. So have to, there is another major story that we have not they, said. Everybody knows this story. I mean, Aaron sort of. Uh, no, we have listeners in Bolivia. You don't know that's right. Is. So the Bolivian too. Um, what happened was, uh, McCann got a wee bit stalkerish, right? And <laughs> is that what is that? That's the intro. <laughs> That's it. He just became a stalker. No, so you actually then had a, a real life encounter. Yes. With uh, Mr. Tyler, the creator. Uh, yes. As you uh, messaged him to turn up to a comedy gig. Mm-hmm. And the fucker turned up. Where was this? Not right away. Initially, this is good to give the concept, uh, the idea behind it, you had to do your set twice. Because yes. the first time he wasn't there for it. But then when he turned up, you're like, holy fuck, I'm going to have to do it. Which is so funny because like, the, the actual YouTube comment section is mostly like, this guy's way funnier than the crowd are giving him credit for. And I was like, first of all, I'm not. Because I'm two years in and my material is terrible. I think I was making like, there's like some... I can't even listen to the material, but there's like some joke about my ma hearing a 50 Cent song for the first time. Right. And, but I just remember like getting to do that after, like um, kind of talking to him and stuff like that. Like this is me and Oma kind of to her own watching countless videos of his interviews and like, you know, obsessing over the lyrics and small yeah. details. And then you finally meet him and you're like, fucking hell. And then Do you get a bit of a downer after that? Because you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Especially if you, you, you did it in the space of a year or two, you're going, oh, that's it. Uh, <laughs> you know, instead of holding off for like 10 years, yeah. going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet this guy. No, because it, it's it, done, Dustin. Like, oh, for fuck's sake, what am I going to do now? <laughs> I do think, I, I really do think that that, this, that like moment, even though I, I can't watch the video these days, it just makes me, it makes my skin crawl. But like, a lot, that, of, lot less skin there was too. <laughs> <laughs> there was. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking both barrels now, boy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> From you? From you? <laughs> but I'm allowed to fat people. I just like each other. Well, listen, while, he re- while McCann recovers there, we'll, we'll play this. But it all boils down to one dude. When people ask me, I get like interviewed by local like, newspapers and stuff in Ireland. They always ask, who's the guy that inspired you? What comedian inspired me? I always say... No comedian inspired me to do what I do today. It was one guy, one musician, and I wrote to him on social media. I came from Ireland to see his fucking concert on Saturday, right? I wrote to him saying, listen, I got an open mic gig. I'd never been to the place before, but I'm doing 10 minutes of comedy. It would mean the world if you came down and watched me. And the fucking dude showed up. And there he is right there. Tyler McCreter, musician, right? And uh, I know that this- Do all those like- do all those six people that are there realize <laughs> that fucking Tyler the Creator is just dude? It was it was insane. Like after one guy went up to him and like gave him his mixtape. <laughs> no way. <laughs> he so had it. 
I swear. He had it on him. Yeah, it's LA course. It's LA of course. You know, it's currency over there. Uh, holy fuck! And tell me, this, honestly, what was it like? Because, like I said, you had to do it twice. Yeah. So the first time, and when the first time, honestly, be honest with me now, did you lose heart in the set going, ah, fucking cunt and turn off? I was, I was like, like, because it's such an unbelievable thing to ask of someone. So. Yeah, to even get, and then to get a response. To have the expectation is, that's your your own fault if you have an expectation for someone to do that. That's preposterous. But it was the fact that I got to meet him briefly the day before this at the concert. Mm -hmm. And he was like, uh, he was just like fucking like oh shit like you you came out from Ireland and stuff for it and he's like are you with anyone you just and he was like no I'm just by myself and he's like that's so fucking cool and he's like have a great time and shit and then afterwards uh, he was like I'm gonna try to come tomorrow but he's like if I don't don't like don't get pissed off or anything and I was like not nah. I was like this is all good enough here to be honest um and then. He, the fact he showed up, then I was like, "But you did your set first of all." Did the set, and he wasn't there. Wasn't there. And, and then, then did, he, did he arrive soon straight after? Well, or? The owner of the comedy club, who uh, at the t- I don't know if it's the same guy, so I don't want to put the comedy club <laughs> out there. But he was a bit of a dick because right. I went in and was like, first of all, to be fair, like if you run a comedy club and some guy comes in and he's like, "Do you mind if I go on last?" and you're like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> So I asked, could I go on last? Because, oh, you did not, did you? Yeah, because I was like, I... The I, longer you could wait, the better, more chance of appearance. I said, there's a chance that rapper Tyler the Creator's coming the night. And the guy turned around to the guy who's like, or like stocking up the bar and goes, you hear that? Tyler the Creator's coming here tonight. And he's like, yeah, I heard we got Jay-Z next week or something like that. So they knew who Tyler the Creator was and just thought, there's no way he's not enough here. The younger guy knew right, who okay. he was. And he was just like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm sure. Yeah, we've got fucking Jay-Z coming <laughs> next mighty. week. So then at the end when that happened, like, fucking, it, it was just so amazing to, like, see those two guys' reaction <laughs> to the event that occurred. It was just amazing. And that, well worth it. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. The whole the whole thing instilled self confidence in me because I was just like, if you can, if if that can happen, then I don't think anything's much crazier than that. To no. be honest, so and that so was they, that was at the start, <coughs> yeah, of your career, so to speak. Yeah, it was like two years deep. And nothing good has happened. <laughs> well, well, you can you can take no, it from us. Uh, if anybody says uh, being a stalker does not pay off, that is Connor, fucking Connor, lies. Connor, we will not be encouraging stalking. Thank you. Stalker only all you want. I don't give a fuck. It's always fucking going to be me because you don't respond to anyone. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, Mr. McCann, thank you very much for uh, thank you for bringing Tyler the Creator to Tyrone. Yeah. Uh, but also thank you for bringing it here today to Best of the Best. Um, we've been waiting for a long time to get you on here um even though we knew what was going to be the topic <laughs> every um, time every time we're talking about guests he go well arnold it, but it's gonna be tighter <laughs> <laughs> and when i know but that's that's good and you were like but it's, it's we just know what it's going to be <laughs> yeah. right, every, every time just keep just go you're coming on we in know what fairness, it is don't worry about in it. fairness to mccann i'm gonna to have to say his first choice wasn't his first choice was a stand-up special okay but we haven't we don't do stand-up specials in that sense Yet. so well it could be a could be a bonus thing, maybe the first mm. one back will be McCann with mm. Chappelle. You know, which one was it? Sticks and Stones. Sticks and Stones, yes, okay. Uh, yeah, well worth it. Yep. Uh, okay, Mr. McCann, thank you very much for coming in. And uh, as always, we'll be back again. Uh, please do listen, like, share, do all that crack. Uh, leave us a wee reviews on the Apple podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're always uh, they're always helpful. I think they push you up a wee bit up in the, the recommendations. So if you can do that, thank you very much. Uh, until next time, uh, that's all from me. It's all from Ronan. Bye-bye. It's all from Mr. McCann. Cheers, boys. Thank you.